91.1 Weagle presents the scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Your calls are welcome at 334-844-9345. Call now. You can follow Jacob and Bay on Twitter at Bay underscore Marks and at Jacob underscore Hillman 3. Now let's take a look at the scoreboard with Bay and Jacob. Welcome into the scoreboard on WGL 91.1 FM, or if you're streaming live on WeagleFM.com. As always, I am Bay March, joined by co-host Jacob Hillman here, live from the WEGL 91.1 FM studios. We are not live right now, recording a podcast version for today, pre-recorded due to uh, schedule conflicts, but we are back to our normal Thursday at 4 o'clock slot if you missed last week's show our first show of the semester, but Jacob and I will be back on the airways as we normally were our first three years here at Auburn, Thursdays from 4 to 5 on WEGL 91.1 FM. But today we are pre-recording, so Jacob, how are you doing? Well, the vibes are high after last night's big win over Georgia and obviously what's on the horizon. So, you know, I'm excited for what we've got coming and, and just happy to be flipping on the scoreboard today. Uh, even if it's not live. Yeah, for sure. We are very blessed that this this little time slot in the studio opened up for us today for us to put some work in and put a put a little podcast version out today of the scoreboard. So we got a few exciting things to talk about today. As Jacob mentioned, Auburn wins at home last night against Georgia 83-60. to We're going to continue to talk about the Auburn Tigers, their upcoming matchup Saturday, a top 15 matchup against Kentucky at home. Maybe a little bit of a look around the SEC in that discussion. Move on to some NFL playoffs. Uh, the wild card weekend is done. And then to wrap up today's show, we'll throw in a little bit of NBA for you folks that are out there paying attention to that as well through all of this Auburn basketball chaos. So getting started with today's show, like we mentioned last night, Auburn at home hosting a very bad Georgia team to say the least. Takes care of business, 83-60 to 60 on their home court. Auburn was led by Walker Kessler with 15 points. Jabari Smith leading the rebound charge with 7. Um, and really this is, in some sense, kind of a tune-up for Saturday's huge ranked matchup. But uh, what did you see last night out of Auburn, Jacob, after their two straight huge road game wins um, against Alabama and that come-from-behind win against Ole Miss? Well, part of it was I don't think it was Auburn's best game. I don't think that, that there was a point in that game early in the second half, I'd say, and at points in the first half where Auburn wasn't playing up to its potential, they it I don't know if it was them looking ahead or just just not 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 a good time uh, for for them at that point. But I do think that they overcame it. They did what they had to do to win in blowout fashion, and I think it's part of why you didn't see all the walk-ons come in at the end of the game was that Bruce wasn't happy with the way they had performed. Now, of course. Auburn had 31 bench points, which is impressive, but most of that came from uh, Wendell Green Jr. and Jalen Williams. Yeah. So you kind of want to see it a little bit more around, and and you saw Chris Moore and Dylan Cardwell, Devin Cambridge get in towards the end of the game. Preston Cook got a minute of action, and I think it's just so important to continue to make sure the bench is getting those important minutes and that they are continuing to contribute because – you never know what's going to happen on Saturday or down the road in SEC play and who will have to step up. Because that's what we've talked about is how each game, it seems like it's someone different, so you never know when it's your time. So you've got to yeah. be ready. You've got to be uh, up, for the, up for the action. Just like last night, I think it was you that made the comment to me live from the jungle was, I mean, we're really distributing the scoring right now mm-hmm. between our guys, which was very encouraging to see, like you mentioned, especially down the stretch of the season and big games like Saturday. 
that's something I'll take away from the game. Every starter except Zepp Jasper scoring in double digits for Auburn. 15 for Kessler, like I mentioned. Jabari adds 12. Allen Flanagan with 10 quiet points. Katie Johnson with 12 against his former team. Um, and then, like you said, off the bench, the big notes was Wendell Green Jr. with 12 and 11, a double-double, and then Jalen Williams with 13 points of his own. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing for me, was just the distribution of scoring, everybody really getting involved. It wasn't just one person's night, um, and there wasn't really a lot of fall-off besides the bench not really doing much besides Jalen and Wendell, but we've just seen that out of the bench a lot lately. Um, and again, that that's a Georgia team that's – not going to win a lot of games this year. I don't believe they've won a single conference I, game yet. I'm not sure they will win a conference game yeah. this season. I mean, it, it's tough to really gauge what happened last night for Auburn because it just wasn't good competition. But that's something that you always have to – you still have to go in there and and, and control it and yeah. make sure you get the job done, and they did that. So. Yeah. Well, regardless, I think Georgia should sign Tom Crean to an extension. Extend Tom Crean. Uh, but – Regardless, let's go ahead and look forward to Saturday's matchup again. Not not much from last night. Also, actually, we'll add this real quick, just being students. The line. Woo! I mean, cross Donahue for, I believe, maybe the first time in jungle history? Probably. I mean, the fact that if you got in line at 4.30 and didn't get downstairs into the bleacher seating, I mean, that tells you a lot. I, I really The thing is, that was probably the longest line. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I mean, if you're not a student at Auburn right now, the hype around, I mean, we thought when we were freshmen and sophomores, the hype around getting a line was crazy, which at that point it was. It's just got even I mean, crazier. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Even when Auburn started undefeated our sophomore year, 2019 to 20, it wasn't like this. Now, of course, that had to do with just the scheduling. Auburn was undefeated and then lost two in a row. Yeah. So, obviously, the hype died down a little bit. Then college game day happened. I don't think yesterday – I think yesterday's line was bigger and more hyped up than that college game day line. Like, we have people texting you and I and other Jungle Leadership team members like, what time do I need to Like, we don't know. We I cannot we tell you no what time idea. you need to get to the game. It's it, it's tough to say just because you never know. We've never experienced this. Yeah, and also the weather. Yeah. The weather makes it difficult to say. It's going to be in the 20s. It might be raining, which yeah. if it's in the 20s, it might be snowing. So it's hard for us to say. The only thing we'll say is, Show up as early as you think you need to, and please dress warm. I mean, we used to get excited, the line going up to the stairs at Albee Hall. Yeah, now, you're right. You're right. Man, that <laughs> woo, that 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 does feel like a very yeah. long-ago memory. Like, dude, it's to the trees, or now yeah. it's to the stairs. It's like, dude, now it's on the other side of the main now road. Now it's inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. <laughs> That's where the line is. Somebody tweeted this morning. It was like, Auburn should play Auburn's men's basketball in Jordan-Hare, <laughs> and they'd still sell it out on Saturday. It would be – see, the thing is, is it would be cool, like, Having the Kentucky fans and yeah, well, the yeah. fans. Well, I was thinking more of, if you're doing something in Jordan Harris, it's got to be like a tip-off at Toomer's type deal. Yeah. And the issue with that is you can't really do that during football season. Yeah. So, But we digress. Moving forward to Saturday, a top 15 matchup. Some are calling this the biggest SEC matchup within the last decade. The number two Auburn Tigers, who should be number one, host <laughs> the Kentucky Wildcats ranked 12, 15-3, 5-1 in conference play, coming off a nice win against Texas A&M on the road. Um, they've won four straight. Auburn is on a 14-game winning streak. Um, I, you, I don't even know where to start with this game. I mean, is it the guard play with Ty Ty Washington and Auburn's guards? Is it the front court with Walker Kessler's battle against Tashibwe? I mean, 
Yeah, he's been. If Walker Kessler's not the most dominant center in the league, it's him. So she, I think I think Sheboy does hold the slight edge over him. Exactly, and so, that's just because Walker doesn't have as much of a primary role as right. Sheboy does. So. so the 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 question bears: Where do you start with this game? Looking at a preview. Yeah, it. I think it. You know, like you said, where do you start? I don't know. I'll just start with the front court because that's where I think Auburn excels in with Javari Smith and Walker Kessler. For sure. And if either of them don't perform well, the other one has to kind of make up for it. Or someone off the bench, Dylan Carwell, Jalen Williams, has to come off the bench and do their thing. Now, I'm not saying Javari has to go for 30 if Walker gets in foul trouble. I'm not saying vice versa. I'm just saying that for looking at last night's box score, with Kessler being the leading scorer, if Jabari didn't score at all, Walker would need to score a little bit more than that and probably dominate the boards a little bit more. Yeah. So I think that's where it goes is, you know, of course, if if Walker and Jabari played their best game, Auburn's winning. It's not going to be a competition. But you can't expect that. You, you've you got to be ready to step up when you need to. So someone's having an average game or a down game, the other guy's got to step up. And I can say that goes for the guards as well, but I'm not sure it goes as much for the guards as it does for those guys because I think the guards can make up for it defensively because we know how good Zepp is. We know how good uh, KD is defensively. I think they can make up for a lack of offensive game if they just play hard as crap on defense. Yeah, my thing with the front court, um, I said this earlier in the bullpen when we were talking to some of the other Weagle Sports guys, was for me in the front court, the key is going to be Walker Kessler just staying out of foul trouble. We saw against Florida, he got in foul trouble early. Against Alabama, got in foul trouble early, wasn't able to do anything at all that game. Um, he was at least able to do a little bit against Florida. The key for me is going to be him staying out of foul trouble as well as Jabari, obviously, and it, being able to contain Tashibwe. He's their leading scorer with over 16 points a game. He's also the leading rebounder. This guy, I think he's the leading re- rebounder in the SEC. <laughs> maybe the country. Yeah, probably. Dude averages nearly 15 rebounds a game. Um, so for me, that's just what it comes down to in the front court. Moving to the front court. Of course, there was questions, obviously, about Auburn's front court, especially, or I'm sorry, the back court, going into especially the Alabama game. That was really kind of a game for Wendell Green and Katie Johnson to show that Auburn has a definitive backcourt, of course, with Zepp Jasper, too. It's going to be key for Auburn's defense in the guards, which they have with Katie Johnson and Zepp Jasper, to be able to hold down almost Auburn Tiger, Ty Ty Washington, and as well as Katie Johnson's former teammate, Samir Wheeler. He averages 7.1 points or uh, assists per game. Yeah, and see, you mentioned how Sheway's probably leading the, the country. Yes. By a whole rebound per game. And in third place is Kofi Coburn with 11.8. So he's ahead of third place by three. Um, uh, Fardall's Army, I don't even know what team this is. He averaged 13.8. He's a mid-major program. Xavier Willard is fourth in the country in assists per game. Yeah. So they put out the stats. Yeah. So they they have the guys. It's And it kind of comes down to, when you think about it, the depth. Who's going to be able to play more guys um, and have more guys to lean on throughout this game? In that case, it's going to be Auburn. Kentucky's offense slight edge over Auburn. Auburn's defense has a has a good edge on Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Having said that, where are we going Saturday morning at 12 o'clock on CBS Live from Auburn Arena? Well, I I mean, the thing is, is when you're in the jungle for as hype, this is the biggest game in Auburn Arena history. Yeah, for sure. You win this game, Auburn's number one in the country. First time ever. Should have been last history. week. Yeah, and I think that just adds to it. That just adds to... Uh, the pressure that does it—that's part of it, 
and it just adds to the hype as well as just the energy, the buzz around campus right now. So, you know, I find it hard. I, I can't pick against Auburn in Auburn Arena. That's just it's just not happening. Like, if this game was at Kentucky, yeah, I'm picking, I, mean, I would think Kentucky would win this game. Yeah. But you can't – not a lot of teams are going to beat Auburn in the jungle. No. No chance. That's – I mean, a lot of people are calling it the best home court advantage in college basketball. Right now it is. So – I mean, if you, if you heard – I mean, for those that were in attendance last night against Georgia, you were lucky enough to hear what it was like against what we were talking about earlier. A very – a not competitive team. That There was no chance Auburn was losing that game. Georgia, in that stretch run where Auburn didn't play well in the second half, you thought, okay, Auburn needs to – they something. score here, make yeah. sure they don't get in single digits. Georgia never came close to that. But the environment was still loud and going crazy, even until the last few minutes. So it's going to be even wilder on Saturday, especially with those students lining up as early as they're going to. Yeah. I cannot wait. Well, and when you think about last night, too, that's a Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, like a weekday for students who definitely have class this morning. And they're lining up that early, that much, and a line that long. I mean, God bless the jungle on Saturday. Man, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I'm rolling with Auburn, too. It's it's going to be hard for Kentucky to come in there. Now, Kentucky's used to noise. I believe in Reed, Reed Arena last night at Texas A&M, it was the largest crowd ever. It was. Granted, Reed Arena is not Auburn Arena. No. I don't know how loud it was in there. I wasn't watching, but... They, point being, they've played in front of big fan bases this year. Um, so they're, I think Kentucky will be more used to noise and distraction in that part than any other team that will come at Auburn Arena. But down the stretch, that's just going to be such a utilized thing for Auburn is the crowd in the jungle. Yeah, it's also part, partly just this is Coach Calperry. He's, he's been here several times. But that being said, he hasn't won since our freshman year. He's two straight losses in Auburn Arena. And, uh, you know, it's tough for me to say – that this Kentucky basketball team isn't the best team that I've seen in a while. Yeah. Coach Pearl called it the best Kentucky team since Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, when you think about it last year, they weren't great. Our sophomore year, like, they had Nick Richards and a few guys, Emmanuel Quickly, that were in the NBA. That was a really good team, but, I mean. Yeah, it wasn't special. It wasn't special. This might be a pretty special team, yeah. Kentucky. The, I think the, the team with Tyler Hero that we played in the Elite Eight was probably – is probably right below the Anthony Davis in this team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. I mean, it's up there. Um, it's just last year and the year before, nothing special about those no, teams. So I agree. Biggest game in Auburn Arena history, Saturday morning, 12 noon. I guess I should say in the afternoon, not in the morning. Yeah, noon central. On CBS, if you're not able to make it to Auburn Arena, um, it is orange. All Auburn, all orange. If you're in attendance, we ask that you wear orange. Before we move on real quick at the look at the SEC standings, Auburn sitting at the top 17-1 overall, 6-0 in conference play. And Kentucky sitting right behind them at 5-1 and one in conference play. So that is going to be a battle of the top two teams in the league. A few teams following Kentucky at 3 is A&M, 4-1. Mississippi State playing good ball right now at 3-2. And LSU, who dropped a close one to Alabama last night, rounds out the fifth spot at 3-3. Three and three. Question. Yeah. Better chance at finishing in the top four at the end of the day or end of the season? Texas A&M or Mississippi State? I'm going to give it to Mississippi State. Um, I really liked what I saw out of them against Alabama. Who Alabama, I mean... Their record's not going to show, but they're a better team than what their record reflects. Right. Um, I really think Mississippi State could be a dangerous team come down the stretch of the season. Yeah, I agree. Auburn plays them March 2nd. It's the second to last game of the regular season. That could be a potential SEC clinching scenario game. Uh, we're not not trying to get ahead of, ahead of ourselves. But Absolutely not. Hey, just, just saying. Uh, so, Auburn witnesses, make sure you're there. 
Yeah, those tickets are plentiful. Yeah. But what I'll say about Texas A&M is they haven't had a big win until they had a chance last night. And yeah. They played Kentucky tight. I thought they, they played they good against probably could have won that game. Yeah. They for sure could have. But because they haven't played anyone quite yet, I'm I'm leading with Mississippi State as well. I mean, look at them the way they beat Ole Miss by 30. Yeah. I thought that was such an impressive uh, performance by them. And, and and really, it just comes down to uh, Molinar, Iverson Molinar. I mean, he's he's a scorer. He does it all. Yeah. Dishes the ball. So if as long as Molinar keeps up his uh, performance, then I think that Mississippi State can maybe possibly notch that four spot. With that being said, if you gave me a choice to say that neither of them will make it, I think neither of them will make it because I still see Arkansas on the rise. I still see LSU being a good enough team. They got to find some offensive game. If yeah. they do that, then they have a great chance at rising up. Tennessee's still good. Alabama, I think, could really get out of the slump and play like they did against Gonzaga. They can. Things for like sure. that. For so. sure. There, there are a few teams in the middle of the pack right now, like you mentioned, LSU, Arkansas, Tennessee, Bama, and Florida, um, who we either are always used to being towards the top of the pack or we predicted before the season would be up towards the top of the league, and they are not doing so right now. But any of them really could turn it around with just a, a few switches or a few, a few changes that they need to make. Um, I could definitely see that happening as well. Well, that's going to do it, Jacob, for our Auburn and SEC men's basketball talk. Again, Auburn playing number two versus number 12, Kentucky, at Auburn Arena, Saturday afternoon, 12 o'clock on CBS for the all-Auburn, all-Orange game. Now, we are going to move on to the NFL playoffs. Um, Wildcard weekend um, going down last weekend. First ever Monday Night Football wildcard game, too. Yeah. Um, Nothing too special besides... Dim Cowboys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was special, all right. I mean, what can I say? I mean, the best game of the weekend was probably that Cowboys game, closely followed by the Raiders, Bengals, and every other game was a blowout. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really much to talk about other than, wow, I can't believe the 49ers actually did it. Yeah, I, and I mean, I'd honestly say the only other thing that would be really noteworthy of pointing out, or I guess two things. One, Arizona not I mean, even making it a game, we I think a lot of yeah. people thought that'd be a lot better of a game. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, and then the other thing that I'd point out as well is a lot of people uh, really didn't know where to go with New England and Buffalo just because of how that series played out this year and for Buffalo to play as well as they did. I mean, that I mean, was, I mean it was a perfect game. Have you seen a stat where Buffalo did not punt, did not kick a field goal, no turnover on now. They scored a touchdown on every possession except the two kneel outs at the end of the first half and the end of the game. I did not know that. That, 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 that happened. And huh. it's the first time, like, in NFL history. <laughs> well, it's pretty noteworthy, Impressive I'd say. stat. Also, hey, I, like I said, I like them to go to the AFC Championship. But now they've got the Kansas City Chiefs, who they lost to in the AFC Championship last year. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting week in the division round. I think it's going to be a lot better this weekend than it was last weekend. No, for sure. Um, and obviously this weekend you're getting the two top seeds in both conferences. Um, or in the AFC, you have the Chiefs. Or, uh, yeah, the Chiefs. Um, they're going to be facing against Buffalo, looking over uh, with Tampa Bay and Los Angeles. So those games we knew were determined last week. Green Bay going to be hosting San Francisco. And then, like I mentioned, Top Seed Tennessee, they're going to be hosting Cincinnati. Um, you know, we'll just start from the top and move our way down. Saturday, one AFC matchup, Cincinnati traveling to Tennessee. Tennessee with some fresh legs. Cincinnati's been a team that a lot of people are saying, hey, don't sleep on this team out of the AFC. Yeah, and Titans will be getting Derrick Henry back. 
it's a tough. This is a this is probably the toughest game I have to pick this coming up weekend because like I have a good feeling about the other ones, but this one, you're right. I I don't want to bet against Joe Burrow or or discount the Bengals. I feel like they've been doubted so much this season, and here they are in the divisional round against a team that no one expected to be the one seed. It would make sense for them to get this win and move on to the AFC Championship. That being said. I also feel like they've had some games where they played really bad, and I think they fall right into what the Titans like. And with the return of Derrick Henry, yeah, I want to pick the Titans. I think the Titans win this one with the home field advantage as well. Loading at these ticket prices, it seems like Titans fans are excited. It's the most expensive game on the docket, so I think it'll be a raucous uh, home field environment, and, and the Titans get it done with Derrick Henry. I agree. I think Tennessee, fresh bodies, um, Cincinnati, I mean, if anybody's going to pull an upset this weekend, it's going to be them. Um, now, do I think they do it? No. I like Tennessee at home. Derrick Henry coming back. It could be a close game. Um, I think the Cincinnati magic is just running out. Because think about it. This is the first year you get really a full season of Burrow. You get the probably the rookie offensive player of the year. Um, I just think the magic of this season has run its course and it is now time to move on and get ready for next season. So having said that, I like Tennessee. Next game Saturday night, 7-15 on Fox. My Green Bay Packers, the number one seed in the NFC, hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Um, not an unfamiliar opponent in the playoffs within the last decade for Green Bay. I mean, how – and also not a very – I mean, I feel like how many times have y'all lost versus won against them? I mean – Most recently it was a loss. Yeah. But I'm thinking of other the other – We've teams. had our fair shares of I think trading it, wins and losses. It's pretty even. Yeah. Okay. Thing is – I think Packers get it done. I do too. Look at it, 12 degrees. That's when Aaron Rodgers thrives. Now, with that being said, it's it's all about that NFC Championship game. I still can't. I mean, I still even what I, even though what I said last week did not come to fruition. I'm not. I don't. I can't pick Jimmy G. Yeah. I think that this is where, you, especially against Aaron Rodgers, it's one thing to yeah. against the Cowboys. Yeah. But against the Packers at Lambeau when it's almost single digits. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers all day. That six point spread covering. Yeah, I, I like Green Bay at home, too, not just because they're my team. But San Francisco last week against the Cowboys, if any team in the NFL was going to lose a game they should have won, it was it's always going to be the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, I don't really, like you said, trust Jimmy G as much either. One thing that this is going to be my new motto for the playoffs for the Packers this year, I saw this TikTok. I know you don't have TikTok. Um, but it was Aaron Rodgers in some sort of interview uh, talking about the Packers. I don't know what the question was, like, why are you so confident, whatever it was. He said, in referral to the Packers, he goes, well, I'm confident because you're either playing at Lambeau Field, talking about the 12 degrees, or you're hosting the explosive Green Bay Packers. Yeah. And it got me fired up. So they're playing at Lambeau Field. It's 12 degrees. That's where the Packers really thrive. Um, and look, the thing is, they're playing at Lambeau Field the rest of the way. Yeah, they are. They, they have the home field event. Well, and granted, I won't get ahead of myself. That happened last year. We played Tom Brady in the cold, who was used to it, and we saw how that happened. So I'll take it one game at a time and just hold my breath. And the thing is, even if it's not Tom Brady, it's at least another guy that's familiar with Lambeau. Yeah. Now, that being said, not with a lot of success, yeah. but hey, he's familiar. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, Packers, let's move on to that game of what the potential opponents for the Packers could be. Tampa hosting Los Angeles. This is a rematch from earlier this year. Tampa went to Los Angeles and dropped a game early in the year. Los Angeles really showed out in that game, but this is not in L.A. It's going to be down in the sunshine state of Florida. Does Tom Brady get back to the NFC Championship two years in a row, 
or is this Matthew Stafford's time? I'm not going to lie. I want to pick uh, Matthew Stafford and the Rams because I've, you know, earlier in the season when they started off, I was like, uh-oh, this is a team to watch. And then they lost a few games, and nobody really paid attention to them other than Cooper Cup. And at this point, after what they did against the Cardinals, I don't know. It's hard for me to pick against them, but once again, Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, it's Tom Brady. Yeah. What? I, my mind's going through the same thing. It's like, should I really pick against Tom Brady? Like, have we not learned our lesson with this right. man? But with the Antonio Brown stuff, with the injuries that Tampa Bay's had, the key players, and everything that's happened with them this season, I'm picking Los Angeles. I I, I don't trust either team to win this game, if that makes sense. Yeah, no. But I... I I just have more confidence in the stability that LA has. Yeah, because I mean, you look at the Bucks now. Of course, the second half against the Eagles, they were probably they put the brakes on. They were yeah. they were parking the bus. But still, the Eagles had success. They they started to mount a comeback. It wasn't going to happen. The Rams, though, I mean, they stepped on the Cardinals' throats and they they held it there. Yeah. I I want to pick the Rams, but I'm not picking against Tom Brady. I'm picking Brady at home because I think that. It's just, it's just, it's just destined to happen. A Rod against Brady again. So I think that's this what is, I've got. I think it's gonna be Stafford against A Rod. That'd truly be fun. Think so yeah, I kind of want that. That's two. That's what former I want. divisional rivals. Yeah, um, it's gonna be funny to see the Rams play in that Lambo. Well, and they already have this. Yeah, exactly. And they lost. Um, fingers crossed for that again. And final game for the divisional round: Kansas City hosting Buffalo, a rematch of last year's AFC title game. They are not unfamiliar with each other either. This game is at 5.30. Does Baby Goat move to the AFC title game, or is this Josh Allen's time? King Allen, of course. Yeah. Talk about a high-scoring game. I mean, the over-under is 53-and-a-half. That's, yeah. that's five more points than the Brands-Bucks game. And listen, I think it's going to be the matchup of the weekend. I, I think that the Bills do get it done yeah. in Arrowhead. And I just really think that last year there was so much hype around you know, here's the comparison. The Bengals are the Bills of last year. I kind of think that's a fair comparison. Not that the Bengals are going to make the AFC Championship, but young quarterback, uh, explosive offense, and a defense that, that makes the stops when it needs to. This year, the Bills have taken the next step. More experience, uh, same core, and I think the coaching staff, Sean McDermott, he is going to figure things out. So I, I like the Bills in this game. And I do think it's going to be just one of the most entertaining games of the season. I'm going to pick the Bills as well. Um, I have more trust and confidence in Buffalo than I do in Kansas City with the way that both of these seasons have panned out. Now, granted, Kansas City did get hot. Um, Kansas City's been playing a lot better since everybody was doubting them earlier in this year, and look at how far they've come. Nobody at this point, like three months ago, would have thought that they were going to be in this spot. Um, But I'm going to pick Josh Allen. I think the Bills looked a lot better last week than, than the Chiefs did against the Steelers. Um, and I feel like the Patriots are better than the Steelers as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so I'm going to pick the Bills. I know it's on the road, but I think they get it done in Arrowhead. I think they move on to the AFC title game, um, and I think that they're going to face the Tennessee Titans. That'll probably be the second loudest uh, sporting event of the weekend behind uh, Saturday afternoon in the jungle, so... Oh, is there a game going on here Saturday? I, th- I think there is. Did we talk about that earlier? Oh, yeah, we did. If it's at 12, we could probably show up at 11.45. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing about Auburn being at noon on CBS is it leads into that NFL coverage. There's yeah. going to be a lot of eyeballs so on Auburn Arena. As soon as that game ends, I mean. It's NFL pregame. Yeah, so 
maybe a lot of people will warm up for the NFL with some nice college basketball. I think that's the way to go. Yeah. I think that's the way to go. That's going to do it for the NFL playoff discussion of today's episode of The Scoreboard. Um, we're going to go ahead and move on to our NBA discussion before we wrap it up here in the Weagle Studios. Again, with everything going on, it kind of you kind of forget the NBA is happening right now. Um, besides, you know, everything you've seen with Steph and Clay and the Warriors and the Chicago Bulls being the the America's team this year out in the East. So we'll go ahead and look at some standings, look at where everybody stands as of right now here in mid-January. Chicago leading the East with a 28-15 and 15 record, being the, the Cinderella team so far of this season in the NBA, followed quickly behind the Miami Heat, who, again, a team that not a lot of people would have said would be a number two. Brooklyn at three, Milwaukee at four, Philadelphia at five. The Cleveland Cavaliers playing some good ball as of late, and Isaac Okoro is balling out at six. Charlotte and the Wizards rounding out seven and eight. Um, let, let's focus in on the East real quick. Mm-hmm. What really has been a, a shock to you or a team that you really kind of thought preseason would do what they are doing as of right now at this point? Yeah, I think it's like you said, what everyone is kind of shocked by is the Chicago Bulls. And right now they're dealing with injuries, a lot of them. And last night they played without Lonzo Ball and uh, Zach Levine. Didn't matter. They beat the Cavaliers, who, as you said, are playing great basketball right now. Alex Caruso kind of led them to that win. And, man, I, I, I started to – I thought that when Levine went down and then all the other guys got hurt, I was like, this is where the dream dies for the Chicago Bulls. But here they are. They're, they're holding together. And all you got to do is really hold it together at this point. It's okay if you drop out of that first place in the, divi- or in the, in the conference, but you just need to stay within striking range. And with that being said, look at how close that East race is. The Cavaliers are six, and they're only two and a half games out. Yeah, it, it, it's a tight, uh, tight conference right now. Yeah, and then right outside of that, because well, you're going to have the play-in games as well. There is only—I mean, yeah, I take that back. The Pistons and Magic and Pacers aren't going to compete for the play-in spot, but Hawks and Knicks are on the looking are on the outside looking in to try and play into the NBA playoffs. Uh, the Raptors are shocked that they're within. That range. The so Hawks are out of the the playoff picture right now and are only nine game, almost nine games back. I mean, you you can see them get up to the fifth spot. Yeah, you never know because yeah. they're they're only seven games back of that. And again, know. it's probably because it's early. But point being, so far this season, it's it's been pretty tight in the. Uh, in well, yeah, because you look at the teams that you expected to do good this year: the Nets, the Bucks, the Sixers. Of course, they're right there at three, three through five. They could end up being the top three seeds. Well, and speaking of the Nets, uh, obviously they they probably have a better overall record if Kyrie has been with them the entire year. But speaking of Kyrie, as of forty minutes ago, yeah. uh, he was fined twenty five thousand dollars for obscene language towards a fan. So yeah, that do was with that what you will. That was against the Cavaliers because he said that uh, he brought them a championship, but there's still no respect or something like that. With obviously added colorful language in there. Yeah, and I don't know it. It's it's kind of wild because I do think that Irving can have an impact still this year, but it's it's hard to imagine when that could happen. Yeah, and um, I I really like what the Nets are doing with KD, but it's something that just they're just not as dominant as you think that they would be. Yeah, for and, sure. And that's why it's hard to say. Oh, they're definitely going to win the championship this year, and not as confident as a lot of people were last year in them. No, and and yeah, it's because you saw Giannis go in. Yeah. And eliminate them the way he did. So it's 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 tough to it's the East. I'd say is the most difficult uh, thing to predict right now. Yeah, for the sure. West you can kind of pick the the good teams out. And yeah, who's going to contend? 
But then you look at the East and you're like, who knows? I mean, no one's talking about the 76ers. Even though Joel Embiid had a great game the other night, I think the Sixers could make a run. Again, they're another team, only two and a half games out of first place. So it's really kind of anybody's conference to take right now, to, to put it lightly. Yeah, almost quite literally. But in the other conference, the Western Conference, not as close as the Eastern Conference is. Nope. Phoenix, the only team in the NBA with less than 10 losses. They are sitting pretty at 34-9. and nine. Quickly followed behind the Golden State Warriors, who have had an immaculate season so far as well. 32-12. and 12. Clay Thompson returned for them a few games ago. Really nice to see him come back out and join his teammates. Then followed behind the Memphis Grizzlies and Jazz at 3-4. and four. Mavs, Nuggets, Timberwolves, and Lakers finish out the back four of uh, five through eight, and then also in the play-in picture are the Clippers and Trailblazers at nine and ten. Um, again, a, a, a conference right now that you could probably really tell what teams are going to finish where or where they should finish. Um, but again, the biggest thing coming out of this conference so far is the two things of a Clay Thompson coming back and adding to an already very mm-hmm. dangerous Warriors team, and b of course the Lakers spiraling out of control and probably going to fire Frank Vogel. Yeah, and and we'll start at the top where the Suns and Warriors are going to finish 1-2. What order is it going to be? Who knows? And I think that the Suns are doing a great job. It's just, you know, they're just not losing. It's as simple as that. They go in, they handle business. The Warriors, they don't lose at home. 19-3 and at home. Yeah. Uh, the next closest home record that's good is 17-5 uh, and with the Suns. I like to think that the Lakers will get into that top six seed, but I don't know. I don't know because Russell Westbrook had uh, that great, great game the other night where he absolutely uh, bodied and vanquished Rudy Gobert. Yeah, he did. But then they come back and they lose. What is happening? I don't know what to think of the Lakers, even though they are the most talented team in that conference, other than maybe the Warriors. (laughs) Yeah, and they can't do anything. No. Yeah. Uh, It's... It's without a doubt panic time in LA for both teams. Um, well, the Clippers are Clippers a are whole another disaster with All, injuries. Also, the Lakers struggling to get AD back out there. Um, yeah, good point. It's very frustrating to be a Lakers fan right now, and and I also think they've done a very poor job of picking head coaches lately. I mean, let's be honest, Frank Vogel, who not a great doesn't. Coach. I mean, literally, it's literally just because LeBron and AD. And COVID all happened. Just the way it all went down is the reason they won the NBA championship. Yeah, and I think it's just one of those things also where you are the Los Angeles Lakers. Anybody would kill to coach them. Now, of course, there's probably opinions out there. Oh, no coach wants to coach Russell Westbrook. No or coach LeBron. Wants LeBron. I mean, I don't know. He's going to coach you. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I think that any coach would take that opportunity because yeah. you're going to get paid a lot of money. And, you know, of course, now I think it's kind of similar to like, well, now the expectations are high, and now the spotlight's on you. If you don't perform, you might never get another chance like that again. So, yeah, it's tough. I think they can still make a splash higher. Of course, we've seen interim coaches do their things. Last year with the Hawks, Nate McMillan came in, and he he coached them up. Now, right now, different story. Well, I think things are turning around a little bit. Trey dropped yeah. 37 last night. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I like the Clippers getting that top six and not even have to deal with the play-in game. But then I'm also leaving the top six. Jokic just dropped 49 last night. Yeah. A triple-double. It was a Walker-Kessler type stat line. Of course, it was against the Clippers, but still, 50 points and a triple-double? Unreal. Dallas, I think Luka, he's really figuring it out. They're going to keep winning. And then, of course, the top four. I mean, the Grizzlies are great. 
the Jazz, I won't say are great, but I don't think they, they've been they they've solidified their positioning as a four or five seed every year until Donovan Mitchell is not yeah. there every year. So I I cannot really see who's going to drop out. I guess the best candidate would be the Nuggets. Yeah, because I just like if it like I said it was an overtime win with Jokic dropping fifty. Yeah, so that kind of shows me okay they needed a heroic performance from him to just get that win against a team that's ninth in the West. I don't know, and they're looking below the Trailblazers. Yeah, I, I mean that's complete nothing. jokes. Yeah, and and I do like the Trailblazers if they get Dame back and McCollum gets in a rhythm. Yeah, but of course I don't see them getting into the top six. They're going to be in a playing game. Yeah, which hey, that's always fun. Yeah, playing games are good. Um, I, I I like that too. I like that point you make about Portland. I think that's a team that a lot of people forget could probably get within one of the top six teams in the West when they're fully healthy and playing at their potential, but. If we're looking at it in a realistic perspective, they probably will play in one of the two playing games. Yeah, because even if they don't really get it together, in a sense, I I mean, I don't think the Kings are only a game and a half back, but I think the Trailblazers will still just win more games than the Kings the rest sure. of the way. Like, yeah. I'd even, be more confident in them. And, I mean, I guess maybe the Spurs with Coach Pop, but yeah, still. That magic's been gone for where, a while. Where, where's the talent on that team? There's yeah. none. Yeah. And, of course, below there, you've got the New Orleans Pelicans with out Zion, which, I don't know, I feel like he'll just never play in the NBA. Again. Which kind of sucks. It just feels like that. Like, I don't know, man. And then the Thunder and Rockets are tanking. They're going for picks. So, I know, I know I've got a Thunder's friend that wants Jabari Smith so bad. Where for I, Jabari? You know where I want Jabari to go? Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard Kate, you say that earlier. Cade Cunningham. Yeah. Jabari Smith. That's a deadly combo. And it's funny because we actually ripped on Cade Cunningham a lot last year in, we did, at Oklahoma State. But I also feel like he's developed a little bit already. He has, for sure. And he's got ways to go. But what can help him is someone like Jabari who the development isn't what's necessary for him. It's more of the physical aspects and really how to play the game in the NBA. Because obviously he figured it out in college pretty quickly. It took yeah. him two games and he was off and running. NBA, it's going to take a lot longer than that. Might take a year and a half, might take two years, who knows. But I think Jabari will do good enough where it'll continue to help Kate Cunningham just improve like crazy. Yeah. So that's where I want to see him go. Could be a good team. They, they definitely have the piece with Kate Cunningham to put that in place. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it for the NBA talk, Jacob. I mean, that's all I've got. Anything else you want to say on today's episode of the scoreboard? Auburn basketball, NFL playoffs, anything of that sort. Atlanta Hawks, I hope they continue the trend. You know, it was a bad losing streak. It was one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row. But then it turned around on Martin Luther King Day, hosting the Bucks on TNT, came back from 14 points down. Trey Young led the charge with a 30-point game. And then last night, Wednesday, another 30-point game for Trey Young against the Timberwolves. I'm going to head. They got the, they got the heat. Uh, that's tomorrow night. That's a big test. The Heat are second in the East. You get a win there, and I, I, I'm going to have confidence that uh, the Hawks can turn it around and, and really make the playoffs. I would feel confident, too, for sure. Trey Young. Go Packers for me is my final <laughs> words. And also, um, go Tigers. Welcome, welcome to the jungle, Kentucky. Welcome to the jungle. It's going to be raucous, rowdy, all the above. John has been in the jungle. I promise it's going to be a different animal this Yeah, weekend. no, you're right. I mean, we'll see. Here's the thing. We remember going back to that college game day experience. That was such a tiring day because of how long it was. And that game wasn't like 
That if that wasn't a game that fuels a crowd. That game stunk. Yeah, that, <laughs> that game, game didn't stunk. fuel a crowd. In the first half, there was one moment when Samir made a three to go at 14-10. And smacked his chest. Yeah, they yeah. got hype. The rest of the game until the end with making the three. Isaac three. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree. It wasn't a great game. That's because, I mean, there was like, what, 30-something fouls called? <laughs> I mean, it was ridiculous. But yeah, point, there were a lot of fouls. Point being, Saturday will be the biggest game in Auburn Arena's history and also probably the biggest game in the SEC some people are, like I said, in a decade. So yeah, and listen, there's been big games around the league. I would say that might be a bit of an exaggeration, but hey, let me tell you, it's up, it's there. up there. It's up there. With the way that this season has panned out, um, it's definitely up there. So that I guess, game, I guess, hey, technically, wouldn't the Auburn Kentucky game, the Elite Eight game, wouldn't that technically be bigger? I, I, I guess in the sense of regular season, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what you're I should have probably should have said that. Yeah, but I do. Yeah, that would have been up there. Um, it's also all Auburn, all orange. If you are going. I heard fans are encouraged to wear orange. I heard that from a trustworthy source as well. I'm the trustworthy source. Ah, okay. That's it. <laughs> that game is at 12 noon Saturday at Auburn Arena in Auburn, Alabama. It is on CBS if you aren't able to watch. And like Jacob said earlier, even if you're not an Auburn basketball fan, that'll be a good game to lead into your NFL playoff watch. So just in case you're wondering that. And also there's a show called Tiger Talk tonight. It is live from Zoners on Glen Avenue in Auburn at 6 o'clock. Uh, I'm not telling you to go. I'm just letting you know that piece of information. Andy Burcham, Bravall, and the Auburn Sports Network will be live with Bruce Pearl and women's gymnastics coach Jeff Graba with their meet tomorrow night. That's a pretty good team. Yeah. Pretty good team. Uh, got a big win at Arkansas last week in two straight road victories. Coming home to face Iowa State. There's a gold medalist. There's a national champion. There's a lot of a lot of good gymnasts out there that are rolling out the mats on Friday night. There's a lot of good stuff happening in Auburn Arena, and you can hear all about it live tonight. On Tiger Talk, 6 p.m. live from Zoners on Glen Avenue in Auburn, Alabama with Andy Burcham and Brad Law and the Auburn Sports Network. Um, I mean, I really don't have anything else, Jacob, unless there's anything in the sports world you really need to talk about. I mean, I don't really think so. I think it's just, hey, well, you know what? One thing. We are less than one month away from opening day in college baseball. We are. It's flying by. Can't wait for that. Welcome to the jungle. This weekend is promising to be a good one on the planes with everything happening. For Jacob Hillman, I am Bay Marks, live from the scoreboard from today's podcast version. We thank you for listening and your time. Catch us live here on Thursdays at 4 p.m. on WEGL 91.1 FM. You've been listening to the scoreboard on 91.1 Weagle with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Listen every Thursday at 2 p.m. as Jacob and Bay cover all the happenings in sports. You can keep up with all the great shows on Weagle by streaming us on our website at WEGLFM.com. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WEGL underscore AU.